Welcome back to the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast with your host, John Fedro. Tune in weekly, plus listen to past episodes designed to make you money, save you time, and give you confidence as an active mobile home investor. Now, here's your host, John Fedro. All right, welcome back for the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I have my co-host, Juan, here joining me. Thank you so much for being here today, Juan. Thanks for having me, John. Heck yeah. This is going to be fun. Uh, we're going over first deals today, and uh, I know you're going to talk about your first deal. Uh, I've talked about my first deal in a past uh, episode, so I want—I was thinking, what can I talk about for a first deal? And this is the first deal I ever did where I traded a home of sorts. Um, I was, And this is just sort of a – I think when you're getting involved in real estate, there's creative ways to – solve problems and then there's throwing money at a problem and the creative ways to solve problems where you still make win-win deals this was one of them for me and i've done a few creative deals before this but when i did this deal it was a trade of sorts uh, i went to a uh, seller of a mobile home she actually called me off of uh, this was a sort of a new area i did at the time i put my bandit signs around it um, one deal that came from a, ba a bandit sign and uh the home was worth uh, just a little bit over $60,000 at the time. Uh, this was back in, I don't know the year, uh, 2004, probably, 2003, um, soon after I got started. And I uh, bought this home for, it was worth 60, a little bit over 60, uh, what the ARV would be. The home was nice, three-bedroom, two-bath, double-wide, mobile home on its own piece of land, uh, just under a half of an acre uh, outside the city limits in this tiny little city uh, but nice beautiful home central heat and air all appliances included i made them an offer for thirty five thousand dollars now i didn't have that money at the time but there was a twenty two thousand uh, dollar lien on the home uh, loan and mortgage uh, in place uh, or deed of trust depending on your state but in this state it was a mortgage so I purchased the home I was giving the seller $35,000 their home was worth 60 is what well worth is sort of subjective what anybody would pay for it I was gonna pay 35,000 and that's what we agreed to so I took over the loan of $22,000 what's known as purchasing a home subject to the underlying mortgage we can do uh, another podcast about subject to deals uh, or you can YouTube uh, subject to uh, for real estate. And I purchased this home subject to the underlying mortgage, so I didn't have to come out of pocket that 22000 I was just going to pay the bank, continue making payments on the seller's original loan. The deed for the home, that went into my trust's name. That went into my control. But I still owed the seller $13,000 in equity. It was their home. They had lived there. Uh, they paid a lot of cash down when they first bought it. That's why their loan was only $22,000 at the time. So the $22,000 was covered of the thirty-five. I owed $13,000 more to the seller. But instead of giving the seller $13,000 in cash, I'm saying, Mrs. Seller, you know, $13,000 is a lot of money. If I give you this, put this $13,000 cash on the table, what are you going to do with it? And not in a nosy way, just asking because... I want to know, what are you going to do with it? Um, you know, there's obviously specific reasons why we ask these questions to better tailor our offer for the seller. And that's what I did. She says, well, I need it to move to a new place. I said, well, are you going to buy a place or are you going to rent one? Well, no, I just want to rent one. So what I ended up doing, I took that $13,000 and used it as future rent. Now, I didn't keep them in that same home, but I had a vacant home 
uh, it was it's a two bedroom two bath that was actually um, in that little city I had set. So it wasn't on the outskirts of the little city. It was in towards the little city, and it was still a mobile home on a smaller, about a quarter acre lot. And I went ahead, moved her, paid for the move, and moved all of her stuff into that vacant home that I had, the two bedroom, which better suit her needs, and made uh, gave her rent of seven fifty per month. Now I let her stay there seventeen months without making a payment, because every month I would just deduct seven hundred and fifty dollars from the 13000 that she had set aside when I purchased the home. So she was living there free for 17 months, didn't pay anything, and then after that 17 months, she stayed for, uh, she ended up staying for that two-year mark, uh, and then we parted ways and she left. A very wonderful woman, and uh, paid off that loan since then, went, uh, went on to sell the mobile home, the two-bedroom, two-bath, after she left uh, for 45 uh, on payments and then went ahead and sold the three bedroom. Now the reason I didn't mind doing that is because the three bedroom was going to bring in $450 more cash flow than the two bedroom two bath. So I wanted the three two for sure hers and I wasn't I didn't mind trading so to speak for that future rent um, for that 750. So that's sort of how I made that deal work without very much money. Um, Juan did that make sense to you? Did I talk too fast? Yeah. Uh, that make nope. solve her problem. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. make complete sense. I um I was kind of curious, and I don't know if you said it in another podcast or not, but I know it comes up in conversation in terms of when people have um, vehicles or you know snowmobiles or a motorcycle or anything like that. Have you have you given one of those stories yet, or does any come to mind? I'm kind of curious since gave <laughs> fine answer. <laughs> what a tease for the next podcast. Yes, that, that has happened, and I have not talked about that yet. So anyway, so that was the, that was the first trade deal. And when it, when, I, when it happened, it was just so everything fit. Um, you know, talking to the seller was easy. The seller talking to me, conf, you know, really just putting our chips on the table. What do you want to do? Is there, how can I help? Which ways can I help? And we don't necessarily ask that, but we try to get as much information from a seller as possible to then make two, three, four different types of offers. Um, and this one worked out perfect. Uh, she was super happy. I was super happy. Um, gave her more money than I would have if I was just going to give her cash. So, um, yeah, it, it ended up working out. And then it, again, opened my mind to the fact of I felt just this internal power. Like I could create value from seemingly nothing. And it was for an empty home. And I put the – it was just – it worked out very, very well. Um, that's, that, that's happened since then. But, uh, but yeah, that was the first one that opened my eyes to all that. But I thought that was a really cool story. And that's the one – that was the first sort of trade I wanted to, to talk about. The now going to you on, please. Um, you started a few years back, um, and you since then obviously had your first deal. Um, please tell us about that deal, and yeah, that, that'd be good. Okie dokie. So, <laughs> for any viewers there, this is a uh, Juan Thayer, but I go by Juan T, so I usually say Juan T from OKC, make it a little more <laughs> memorable. I'm in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Um, and I signed up, believe I just I'd like tried to look it up before we uh, spoke, and it was November of 2011 is when I first found you. Um, after 
not about a month or so after coming from a real estate seminar that had nothing to do with mobile homes. Mobile homes were mentioned. Uh, did some research saw you on a bunch of YouTube videos and said, I thought I'd check this guy out. I found the seller just driving the park. She had her sign up. She had a, it was a, it was a FISBO sign for sale by owner sign. Um, took the number down, called her, uh, met up with her. She was asking 5,000. Her situation was basically because of health issues. She was sick or she was like losing her vision. I guess it was, it went from blurred vision to not great vision and it wasn't allowing her to work. So she hadn't received income in a few months. I don't know how many exactly. So she was just planning on moving, ended up negotiating, negotiating it to basically 3,800. I tried to get a little lower, but she basically said, well, if you're serious, a guy has already offered me 3,800, but since you're actually here and saying you can do it and have the paperwork, if you can actually do it, I'll just give you the same number that I gave him. So we signed it up for that. She actually had a couple hundred in back taxes, but we kind of worked that out through the deal. Um, and it was, I find that you'll often have sellers that'll tell you about, oh, they got another offer and this and that. And, you know, whether that's a negotiating tool or whether it's actual, you know, facts, it's, you don't always get the chance to, to find out, but basically the day she cleaned it out, cleaned out the property, I put a sign in and then a guy called me the next day and saying like, is this still for sale? Because I was going to buy this. <laughs> so, hmm. um, well, so he really did exist. <laughs> so he really did exist. We ended up getting it 3,800. Is this, mm -hmm. uh, this is a what year and a bedroom bath? This was a two one. It was, um, a 1992 is a Southern and it was 12 by 60. And it was, even though the dimensions sound smaller, it was actually just the way it was actually was rather kind of spacious. So this woman wanted to sell, she needed to sell. What was her time frame when you first got to her? That she um, needed well, this... to be out a ASAP? <laughs> yeah, she wanted to be out. I um, believe she's motivated to get out before lot rent was even due again. So it's kind of one of those mixed ones where ideally if you can get a home, you want to get it after lot rent's been paid. <laughs> so you're not necessarily getting to something and then paying right when you get it. But um we got it at the end the end of January, like one like a week and a half or so in January. The utilities were left on, so that was good for that aspect of it for at least that time period. They weren't going to be turned off to the beginning of February. So there was like I said about a week and a half or so of um uh, electric <laughs> so that was good cleaning concerning lot rent the fact mm -hmm. is we typically will get the home towards the end of the month if sellers pay the lot rent for month x then they know that they have until the end of month x before the pressure right around the 20th of month x yeah. then they they know okay well i only have 10 days left i only have two weeks left before i have to make the next 400 300 month lot rent payment so it's yeah. typically unless there's some time issue and they have to be out on the fifth sixth seventh eighth ninth of the month and then we'll get the next 20 days for basically free lot rent um, some lots or some parks do prorate lot rent uh, however mm -hmm. most don't However, yeah, it typically will. You'll you'll have a lot of negotiation, or a lot of uh, the the seller will feel more pressure typically towards the end of the month uh, because that next lot rent is due, rain, shine, 
whether you know they're living in the home there or not. So yeah, the oh, and let's talk about selling. So this one um, was sold, and you sold uh, what? Yeah, the, what was the number on that? It it sold in the uh, the very beginning of March. There was um the when we got it, the weather had been fairly warm at the time at the at the end of January, but cold front hit in February. It was was some of the colder to, to, of the whole winter. The coldest times actually happened right when got not too long after got the home and when the utilities have been turned off already. And so that was um, a budgeting uh, learning experience because the um, pipe the pipes froze because the pipes froze and had to, and end up replacing all those. So, but we were able to buy at a price to where it wasn't as. Um, unfortunate as it could have been had that not (laughs) what did you end up paying for for all that uh we end up uh end up paying 900 okay um because we just end up redoing everything like just because there were so many different little cracks so we just redid the plumbing plus we just thought it was a better selling point too as opposed to just showing like one four or five foot area of where these pipe these parts are new so (laughs) <laughs> well, um, 900 is a good lesson, um, yeah. and it won't happen again. Quick winterizing. Uh, if you have a home, it's vacant. You're showing it to potential buyers, potential tenant buyers. Turn off the water outside at the street. Have the park turn it off. Drain all the water from all the pipes inside the hot water heater. Turn off the breaker for the hot water heater so it's not on if electric is on. You don't want to burn out that unit. Uh, but get all the water out of those pipes. Antifreeze down the pipes uh, not on the porcelain of the toilet, but all the other uh, fixtures. You can get the uh, uh, antifreeze down there, and that'll help uh, prevent any cracks. Um, and then, so you did get this fixed. It was sold. That was a little bit of a delay. That's why it took about 30 days um, mm-hmm. to uh, correct that problem and then resell. And then of the 38 uh, that you bought it for, and then another nine, um, so, so roughly $5,000 that you're into this two bedroom, one bath, what was the uh, selling price in terms? Um, the selling price end up, end up finding the seller, his, his, his mother kind of helped in the negotiations. Um, cause it was asking the time thing started asking at, uh, 13 end up being a, a cash price and we're getting, and was getting some feedback that was like, Oh, maybe it was set a little high. For the area um but in the end end up selling it for 13 on the terms um with four thousand down and then so the seller was paying basically a payment of just to us 250 and then he was paying the the 300 in lot rent so his to make his payments basically 550 is kind of what um what fit his uh income along with some additional you know help he was getting from family and i felt like that was fair and it was something that i wanted to get him in um because he was because he really wanted to be in there and and it just was a good fit and i knew if we could make it work for him that it was something to where i didn't outprice the home to someone who just tried to do anything they could to try to get in and then Three, four months later, they're having problems making making ends meet. Oh, big time. You know, that's I'm much more respectful to a tenant buyer that comes to me and says, you know, I, I, 
I can't do this, here's what I can do. I want this home, here's what I can do. Because if you're setting yourself up for failure, so many people in this world uh, live way above their means. And if I hear from a tenant buyer that they're conscious of how much they make and they know what they can afford and what they can't afford because of all their obligations, that means a lot to me. Um, so I would much rather have somebody who jumps through the hoops for getting approved at the park, approved with us, going to look at the home. They can follow directions. They're low risk. And and this buyer had $4,000, so you made the bulk of what you invested back with the move-in fee. Plus, doing quick numbers, you're getting payments for another roughly 36 months. It's mm -hmm. not, not 60 months, but with this one, it's just a two-bedroom, one-bath. Um, yeah. And then the cash flow is... We prefer 300, but 250, it is what it is. And for a uh, early 90s home, that's 12 wide. Um, sounds like it was win-win. Yeah. Another thing to mention, though, is when you have two different ads out, one's for cash, one's for payments, I don't do that anymore. I make one ad, and it's for uh payments and then if people want it because cash is so rare in most areas there are some um there are some areas around the country where people will pay more cash south mm. carolina north carolina um, louisiana uh, around new orleans for some reason and uh, the west coast by the beaches and up towards seattle people will pay <clears throat> cash a little bit more often than payments so i don't make a uh, a cash ad unless I really want to sell the home for cash and it's priced at a cash price because just like what happened to you, the, the payments that you were offering, how much did, were, was, was the price with payments? It was definitely over 13,000, right? Yeah. The, uh, yeah, no, it was, um, and I can, and it slipped my mind because all I can remember is every, I didn't run both ads at the same time. But I was just running just a payment ad, but every single person that I spoke to just asked was the cash, like they wanted to make cash offers. And we and then we see a lot, a lot of that here, especially on mm -hmm. um, um, on the southeast side of town um, where we have a Hispanic population. And then so that's almost all. Then this happens to be on the northern north side of town, um, opposite ends. But on another end of town, eight out of ten uh, um, prospective buyers are asking for for the cash price or a cash price. <laughs> Understood. So they see your they see your payment type ad. This to move mm -hmm. in. This many payments. This is the payment per month. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you own the home, or actually you own the home day one. But um, so they're seeing your payment ad. They're calling, and then they're asking for cash. That's a common technique, and. The financed price is going to be, let's say, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen thousand. The yeah. the cash price, of course, in your mind, we know we paid roughly five thousand for it. We'd yeah. like to double our money, so ten thousand, eleven thousand, twelve, thirteen thousand, whatever yeah. you say for cash. They they're gonna any buyer is going to hear that low number, and that's going to be the number in their mind. Then they're going to negotiate the, the terms price off of that cash offer. So yeah. the reason I don't even put a cash offer out there is because that's not very realistic for the, <clears throat> for the homes and for the tenant buyers and the buyers that we're looking with looking at so if somebody does have a it does have cash and they're calling from this ad, I will respond with, you know what? We really have not thought of a cash price. We we look to sell homes uh, with payments, and they sell fast. If you would like to make us a cash offer because you don't want to pay payments, I know we would probably take a discount. 
you can always tell us, throw, you know, let us know and I'll bring it back to my partner and we'll, we'll go from there. So put the ball in their court because they may not even come back to you. And obviously this person didn't have 13,000 in cash. So Mm -hmm. before you go negotiating off of the cash price, let them, if they're serious about cash, bring up a cash offer because nine out of nine or nine out of 10, 9.8 out of 10 will not have cash. So the payments, that's how we're looking to sell. Uh, If you have cash, you can bring something to us and we can only say yes or no to it um, or go from there. So yeah, so in the future, if they are responding to your payment uh, ad, make sure to respond that way where you haven't even thought of a cash price, but the payments, this is what it is. So that way it's clear in their mind. Okay, well that's payments. If we can bring cash, we can do something, but you know, we got to present something and maybe, maybe they'll take it. And then that way, if they did come up back with 10,000, 12,000, 13,000, you could then take that discount and that's very win-win. They're happy with that price. You're happy with that cash price. So, but all in all, I mean, this is clearly, uh, almost tripled money and got a good person in there, uh, making consistent cash flow every month, made your money back almost with the move-in fee. So great job all around. Great first deal. Perfect. You, uh, <laughs> if you, uh, oh, one thing that we are doing, any book that you are currently reading that you'd like to share with, uh, folks listening, um, investor related or just life? <laughs> no, let's go. Let's go life. We're all living um, this life together. I just, uh, I just completed, um, a book called, I believe it was Miracle Morning and it was, um, written as by how I, I know his logo was kind of yo pal, how, but I can't think of his last name right now, but okay. uh, it was about yeah. creating morning habits and getting up early, which I had already kind of started doing, but it really kind of, um, put in some activities to, to, to really add value to that statement because I've always heard, you know, you know, was this all the successful people get up at five and four and this? And I was like, I'm, you know, I'm not a super morning person, but even if I did get up at that time, what am I going to do with that time? And, and it kind of, it laid out some stuff, but I'd already kind of started on the process. So it was, it's been, it was really helpful for me. And it had some other self-improvement activities that um, I actually put into, to use here recently. And, um, it, you know, it's, um, I definitely recommend the book and the activities within. Excellent. I will put the link uh, down in the description. And thank you so much for being here, Juan. This was really fun. I'd like to get you back so we could do another one soon. Oh, definitely, definitely. And you might want to plug your book. I believe you have one as well. (laughs) I definitely do. The 50 50 Simple Secrets to Be Happy Real Estate Investor. Um, A happier real estate investor is a more productive real estate investor and vice versa. Um, And there are uh, definitely things that the successful investors are doing with regards to daily habits. And your daily habits make or break you. Um, this business is not built overnight. It's consistent every single day. So, um, yeah, you can check that out. I'll put that in the, in the links below as well. Appreciate that one. Um, and also check out the reviews. I believe I left a great one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for being here again. Thank you. The ideas and advice given in today's episode are for entertainment purposes only. If you have future ideas or questions for upcoming episodes, please email us at support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, the biggest compliment you can give is to like and share this podcast with your friends. 